0: Here we are, Christy, Leo, the Leo Zagami Show. This is our Saturday show. We're here. (laughs) We are back on Saturday, uh, because we had to, this week a special uh, on Wednesday, but that was something special. In fact, we usually uh, have uh, our new format on Saturday, the Leo Zagami show with a lot of news and also special dedicated to a specific subject. And uh, I would like to, uh, first of all, address the title because you know, CA wannabe Tiger Carson exposed during peace, Putin, Putin in history lesson, yes. uh, so what does this, what does it mean, what does it mean, it's important that people understand uh, what we are talking about here, because uh, it's uh, beyond any, any doubt that uh, during the interview, uh, it came up that Tucker wanted to become uh, a CIA agent, this now, it's, it's, it could be interpreted in various ways, Christy interprets it uh, like maybe this was a signal to actually to Tucker Carlson himself. <laughs> but I told her that basically. No, I was
1: thinking, well, maybe he was a CIA agent, and then um, talk because I know people that were in my life that were probably CIA agents, and they don't tell anybody. So, um, but anyway, I just. If he is one, then that would be a sneaky way for Putin to expose him. Not that, but I, don't I, I
0: instead I don't have know. another interpretation. I think that he actually granted this interview because he's one of the very few journalists who is not in the CA, who is not an intelligence agency. Uh, remember, this was the first interview granted to a foreign journalist since the beginning of the so-called military operation. In uh, uh, in Ukraine by Russia by the Russian Federation. So let's go and check out first of all what he was talking. We didn't thank
1: the sponsors.
0: Uh, yes, that's an important thing that uh, actually, you forgot uh, the
1: format.
0: No, no, no we, we forgot the and format. we didn't do any.
1: Oh, we don't dance to the end. I forgot. We dance in the beginning. Yeah, on you're, the getting, wind. You're,
0: you're getting confused. Getting with confused. The...
1: No, but we always do the sponsors. Yes, no.
0: The sponsors are very important and they need to be thanked with a great applause. So, Christy, who are the sponsors of today?
1: Melgarizada, Minta, and Holly Orris, and Bruce Kodish. You and the two girls, Bruce. So, thank you very much, guys. Girls. And, uh, <laughs> of course,
0: if you want to become a sponsor, uh, remember that uh, when you actually sponsor this broadcast, uh, you can see the, the actual money it's invested uh, in uh, in getting the show technically a little bit uh, a little bit better, and at the same time also in maybe producing new shows, especially when it comes to the exploring the occult Illuminati. That was a gift that we wanted to give uh, uh, this week to uh, our sponsors. But uh, let's uh, uh, let's of course. Uh, uh, give uh, our sponsors an applause, the well-deserved applause here we have the applause. That's your personal applause? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, thank you, thank you to sponsors to permit this broadcast. And today, uh, I mean, is central to our understanding of today's show, uh, the, the role that journalism has in relation to the CA, rather than only the title that wanted to be as an introduction to this topic. So first of all, let's start, of course, with uh, Putin's... Uh, um, brief moment in which he kind of, uh, he actually says also other things in in that part of the interview, which we should maybe listen to. But I think, uh, first of all, let me go and see if I can show you exactly what I'm talking about, because this is Tucker and this was the moment he made he, he didn't react, guys, because he knew it was true. But it doesn't mean that this is bad necessarily for Tucker. Now this well, was a kind young. Of
1: called
0: th- him the wannabe. <laughs> That's why we entitled the CA Wannabe. It's not anything because we want to condemn Tucker, who did otherwise an excellent interview. I think I think uh, that it was an excellent interview. Uh, some people have painted it as a softball interview. I think actually he did some great questions. Of course. Um, I think that uh, it was very interesting to see that Putin, who is actually somebody who doesn't have specific and historian degree at the university, knows probably more about history than Tucker, who apparently is somebody who has studied history. And I think also there is uh, this, uh, Putin caught uh, Tucker by surprise by talking about actual history. And doing and delivering this history lesson. You sound like you. Well, yeah, and in fact, uh, I would like to uh, remind the people who are tuned in that uh, there is a very in-depth history lesson of the secret societies that built the Ukrainian identity uh, in this book, in volume nine. Of course, Putin went uh, far back. He 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 went right to the. Uh, to the beginnings the origins of the russian identity how it was all born and and then uh, tucker keep kept on saying but what is what does this have to do with today uh, because it, it of course it has to do with today i mean uh, we are talking about uh, a country with uh, history that spans over a thousand years uh, in which of course if this history also passes through Ukraine, Kiev, uh, you know, they ha- it has a lot to do with their own identity, their own national identity. But this was the moment inst- instead about the the C- uh, Putin bringing up uh, the wannabe CIA attacker.
2: Backing of CIA, of course. The organization you wanted to join back in the day, as I understand. We should thank God they didn't let you in, although it is a serious organization. I understand.
0: Okay. Now, this is, repeat, not a criticism to Tucker, who actually, because of apparently attitudinal problems, was As- not let in. Uh, they didn't think that uh, he could uh, follow the discipline. And maybe some other people within the journalists were... Wait, say up. that
1: again? What happened?
0: Okay. Putin fanged Tucker... At the same time, of course, with this message, is he sending a very strong message to the American intelligence community because he's saying, I know exactly what happens there and uh-huh. which and which uh, us uh, this and this and that. So he knows which journalists are maybe uh, on the payroll of the CIA. He has a couple of journalists uh, in, in the prisons, American journalists uh, today in the prisons of Russia because of that accusation of espionage. And of course, it is a very valid accusation because here we go as far back as Operation uh, Mockingbird and also Project Mockingbird. So we need to uh, address uh, uh, this subject very seriously. And also, when I in the title I said, uh, you know, and what about uh, you know uh, Putin? And what about Sean Hannity? What about Sean Hannity? Sean Hannity basically uh, is somebody who parades uh, this uh, uh, pin. Apparently, he parades also other pins. Now we're going to go and hear from him the explanation of why he uh, is wearing often this CA pin alongside the FBI pin and other pins, especially for somebody who is often very critic of these uh, uh, um, federal agencies. Federal agencies, yes, federal agencies. So this is the pin in question the ca pin that is regularly worded by uh, sean hannity now while tiger carlson was kicked out of fox sean hannity seems to be still there very firm very much in his uh, uh, bubble of uh, uh, conservative conformism of course thank god he is uh, also a supporter of donald j trump but and and, and he has been all along, I mean, he hasn't seemed to to have changed this tune. But the accusation, of course, of uh, or, 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 or at least this, uh, this uh, we suspect something is going on with this pin and I'm not the only one to suspect it. So somebody actually went to um, to Sean Hannity, and they asked Sean Hannity, "What about this pin? So let's see what he said. This was last October. Kurdowski of WeAreChange.org,
3: WeAreChange.org. I wanted to ask you about change.org. your yes, about your CIA lapel pin. A lot of people have questions about that, especially when it comes well, to like CIA, MK Ultra. Hold on. And I have, have a Iran CIA a pin. Yeah. I have an FBI pin. Uh, Secret Service pin. So I have a lot of pins that I wear. Yeah. I have a special pin I wear every 9/11. The Twin Towers yeah. on it. <laughs> do, do you and, think the confidence in the FBI has been undermined recently, especially with I don't their actions? think has action? been more outspoken about the leadership within the FBI and how it's been weaponized and politicized in me. But I do stand with the rank and file, and I make a distinction, and I've made that distinction on radio, on TV, more times than I could possibly ever discuss it. I, I love the guys that put their lives on the line for us. I don't like the people who've been running it, and the, how it's been politicized and weaponized has to stop. That can't happen in this country. The FBI knew the laptop was real in March of 2020. They had a copy in December of 2019. And why were they telling big tech companies in the lead up to 2020 for months weekly meetings big tech companies oh you might be a victim of m- a misinformation campaign uh, and it may be about Joe or Hunter Biden and then when the yeah. story broke and Twitter and Facebook specifically asked the FBI if it was legitimate they wouldn't give them an yeah. answer yeah you know what that's putting the cinder blocks on the scales yeah. of an election Chuck Schumer said that the intel agencies have seven ways to Sunday to Sunday to screw over Donald Trump no, do you, you know. think wearing those pillow- uh, pins kind of sends a mixed message especially what no, they've I've been, been doing very clear I've said it on air while I wear it. I wear it for rank and file. I wear it for the people that got into law enforcement, that risk their lives every day for us. Not for the, you know, upper echelon. I used to say 99% of good people. I'm probably down to 90, based on a lot of what we've learned. But for the people that, you know, my mother was a prison guard. My, my dad was in family court probation. He was a waiter on weekends. My mom lived half her life doing double shifts in a prison. I respect law enforcement. I revered law enforcement growing up. Still do for the good people. And I stand up for the good people. And I've made that clear publicly many times. Ma'am.
1: Um, two questions. The CIA pin, do you wear it because of what they went through with the Democrats right after? Well, you well, know, like why a year. no
3: focused here? on one pin? I wear a lot of pins. No, but I, I wear I a I Secret Service you. pin, and FBI pin. No, that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. I agree with you because I they got refuse. a lot of flack from the Democrats. Let me tell
3: you something. This is a dark, evil, dangerous world governed by the use of military force. We have a lot of enemies. You know, one of the things that the media, or in the media spin room, needs to pay more attention to is why did the Biden family make tens of millions of dollars from countries like China and Russia, our top one and two geopolitical foes. Why did they make all this money uh, from Romania and Kazakhstan and Ukraine? How does Hunter Biden, who admits at the time that he's addicted to drugs um, and It goes on Good Morning America and says he has no experience in energy, oil, gas, coal, or Ukraine. Well, then why are you being paid millions of dollars? Do you get paid millions of dollars? I wish. Right? I think a lot of us. I don't even think you would take it if you didn't deserve it. So, you know, those are questions the media in the media spin room won't ask. We've been penetrating, asking those questions, getting answers, and the walls are closing in on Joe Biden. He lied to the American people repeatedly as a candidate. He lied as president. He met with these leaders, including a Russian.
0: Well, I tend to trust more Tucker Carlson than Sean Hannity. Eh? Um, I think Tucker is more of a maverick. That's why I hope you understand that uh, saying CA wannabe was because he was a CA wannabe. He wanted to be in the CA. They didn't take him and even, and, and he, and even Putin knew about it and in a way, Putin mocked Tucker about it and at the same time uh, during this uh, history lesson uh, like I said we had a lot of interesting elements we might even discuss later but what about Hannity then uh, Hannity definitely a little bit more suspicious so we would like here to, to go back to the roots of the problem because uh, uh, the this, sole this involvement of journalists uh, with uh, with the CIA goes back to the 50s but it only surfaced in the early uh, 1970s uh, in particular it surfaced thanks to a journalist who who I think is one of the best investigative journalists ever I mean still to this day he he, he was the one uh, who came up with uh, uh, with exposing Norway and the United States uh, on the bombing uh, of the uh, of, of the pipe uh, stream. How you say on on that um, North North Stream? Yeah, North Stream two, North Stream two. So basically, uh, he's a great journalist, uh, and so um, it, in this how the ca influence on public opinion works started to come out only when Shemor Hersh, which is this uh, uh, investigative journalist uh, born in 1937 still very active because uh, li- like we said he he managed to bring out the the sabotage of the north uh, north stream pipelines uh, and uh, by by norway and the united states uh, in 2023 so i mean he's old but he's still there bringing out these scoops he's really an investigative journalist i uh, held in high regard i mean not all journalists are simply propaganda mouthpieces there is some people who do their work so in 1974 when shimur ash came out uh, and started to uh, bring out the truth about the fact that there was actually governmental operations uh, within the intelligence world that were working to influence public opinion by using uh, journalists, well that is something that uh, of course it was uh, very shocking for a lot of people especially because uh, they started talking about uh, Operation Mockingbird. Now there is uh, Operation Mockingbird, there is then Project Mockingbird, uh, Mockingbird, uh, Mockingbird. Oh, okay, okay, yes. uh, which are two different slightly different things in the sense that uh, the actual uh, project uh, uh, was something that was activated by President Kennedy uh, in relation to a couple of journalists who apparently uh, then uh, President Kennedy Uh, got uh, wired up so because they 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 were violating government secrecy and uh, so he was uh, he he started actually everybody says John Fitzgerald Kennedy what a great president he talked against secret society but he was also the one who uh, started uh, to uh, initiated Project Mockingbird which uh, basically led to the eavesdropping of journalists so i mean i don't know i mean everybody says always can be so good so good but then he had some 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 things that were not that great but regardless of project mockingbird operation mockingbird is something that uh, starts to become um, a problem because it surfaces also in those in the middle of the 70s the congress formed what was known as the church committee now it's not anything to do with the church it's not because they went to church that morning No, the church committee was a senate select committee to study governmental operation with respect to intelligence activities and the intelligence activities of the ca the nsa the fbi the internal revenue services the irs were investigated and it was during that uh, investigation that the first uh, discussions on operation mk ultra came out uh, on family jewels and family jewels were basically some uh, uh, a set of reports of illegal and inappropriate operations conducted by the ca on top of that there was also uh, various uh, count and pro Uh, Covered and illegal projects actively conducted also by the FBI. All this came out uh, with the Church Committee. So let's see what is Project uh, Mockingbird because this is very important to understand also all the rest of our story. But first of all let's understand what they were doing in
4: 1975. That it was a matter of real concern that planted stories intended to serve a national purpose abroad um, came home and were circulated here and believed here because um, this would mean that the CIA could manipulate the news in the United States by channeling it through some foreign country. Now we're looking at that very carefully. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to a major circulation American journal? We do have people who submit pieces to, other, to American journals. Do you have any people paid by the CIA who are working for television networks this i think gets into the kind of uh, getting into the details mr chairman that i'd like to get into an executive session uh, at cbs uh, we uh had been contacted by the CIA. As a matter of fact, by the time I became the head of the whole news and public affairs operation in 1954, ships had been established and I was told about them and asked if I'd carry on with them. We have quite a lot of detailed information uh, and we will evaluate it and we will include any um, evidence of wrongdoing or any evidence of impropriety in our final report and make recommendations. Do you have any people being paid by the CIA who are contributing to the national news services, AP and UPI? Well, again, I think we're getting into the kind of detail, Mr. Chairman, that I'd prefer to handle in an executive session. Senator, do you think that you name the news organizations when you find the report? Uh, that, that remains to be decided. I think it was entirely in order for our correspondents at that time uh, to make use of the uh, CIA agent chi- uh, chiefs uh, of station and other members of the executive staff of CIA as sources of information which were useful in their assessments of world conditions. Would you say that continues today? Well, I, yeah, I would think probably for a reporter it would continue today, but because of all of the revelations of the period of the 1970s, uh, it seems to me that a reporter's got to be much more circumspect in doing it now, or he runs the risk of uh, at least being looked at with considerable disfavor by the public. I think you've got to be much more careful
0: about it. I think you have to be much more careful about it. So it started to wake up to the fact that people were looking into it, especially after these revelations, like I said, started to come out in, in the early 70s. And we had also other important articles that followed about in the second part of the 70s about these newsmen involved in espionage. I can show you a few, a collection of such articles here, a collection that comes directly from the CA archives that are accessible publicly. So, newsmen aren't spies. Uh, then we have uh, CA may recruit newsmen. <laughs> that is editorial. So they were pretty. And uh, why journalists shouldn't be spies? But then editors question CA use of reporters as agents. So uh, new CA charter should prohibit the use of journalists as spies. And then uh, you have CA and journalists don't mix. But they always seem to me that's the problem reporters as spies you can see the never-ending and uh, anti the corrupting hand uh, media and the ca journalists the CIA agents uh, the ca and the press so it kind of goes on carter should know better the you same, know, huh?
1: there was peter jennings and when i was a kid i used to go in front of the the, the tv and flip them off because i didn't trust him peter jennings <laughs> Maybe it was Dan Rather. It was one of
0: them. One of them. <laughs> one of them. And, 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 and so at this point, uh, Project Mockingbird, let's look into it and the roots of it uh, here on the Leo Zagami Show with Leo and Christy Zagami. Welcome everybody today on Saturday, February 10th of the year of the Lord, 2024.
5: How the CIA planned to brainwash Americans Student group concedes it took funds from CIA Such was the front page headline of the February 14, 1967 edition of the New York Times The article described Operation Mockingbird The operation was launched by the CIA in the 1950s They recruited over 400 journalists into a propaganda network The recruited journalists were put on peril by the CIA. They were instructed to write fake stories. The stories promoted the views of the intelligence agency. Student cultural organizations and magazines were funded as fronts for this operation. Operation Mockingbird expanded to influence foreign media as well. The organization was spearheaded by Frank Wisner. He was the director of the espionage and counterintelligence branch. Wisner was told to concentrate on propaganda, economic warfare, preventive direct action, sabotage, anti-sabotage, demolition and evacuation measures, subversion against hostile states, assistance to underground resistance groups, support of indigenous anti-communist elements, in threatened countries of the free world. Journalists were threatened into this network. They were reportedly blackmailed. The CIA's financing was meant to create favorable stories. It was also a means to covertly collect information from other countries. Ramparts magazine exposed the covert operation in 1967. It reported that the National Student Association received funding from the CIA. In 1977, Carl Bernstein wrote an article in Rolling Stone. It was titled The CIA and the Media. Bernstein claimed that the CIA secretly bankrolled foreign press services. They were both in English and foreign languages. They provide an excellent cover for CIA operatives. These reports led to a series of congressional investigations. They were conducted in the 1970s under the Church Committee. The committee looked at potential abuses by the CIA, the NSA, the FBI and the IRS. Senator Church publicly claimed, We have quite a lot of detailed information. We will evaluate it. We will include any evidence of wrongdoing in our final report. In 2007, Around 700 pages of documents from the 1970s were declassified. They were released by the CIA in a collection called the Family Jewels. The files detailed the investigations and scandals, but all of them pertained to agency misconduct. During the 1970s, there was only one mention of Operation Mockingbird. The files mentioned two American journalists being wiretapped. This is the only confirmation of Operation Mockingbird in existence. Thus, it's also never been officially discontinued. There were never any real charges brought against the CIA. The CIA no longer works in paid or contractual relationships with journalists. What is your way of distinguishing between fake and true information?
0: Hey, man, what is, <laughs> that's a question. That's a question that we're trying in, somehow to. Uh, debate today. I mean, after what Putin said about Tucker Carlson, who wanted to join the CA, though his father was involved in journalism, you know, you imagine Tucker only involved with journalism. Who knows if Tucker's father was part of those 400 journalists involved with, uh, with this operation, uh, so-called Operation Mockingbird. Uh, Let's understand a little bit more, though, about what these people were doing. Let's understand it from a couple of, uh, of interviews from the early 80s. One with pharmacy agents John Stockwell, uh, which, uh, which I find particularly interesting. I like his, uh, his hair style and his, uh, uh, his glasses. Nice. Uh, Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> okay, here, here we go.
6: ...is to disseminate propaganda to influence people's minds, and this is a major function of the CIA. And uh, unfortunately, of course, it overlaps into the gathering of information. You you have contact with a journalist, you will give him true stories, you'll get information from him, you'll also give him false stories. Did you buy his confidence with true stories? You buy his confidence and set him up. We've seen this happen in, uh, recently with Jack Anderson, for example, who, who has his intelligence sources, and he has also admitted that he's been set up by them. You know, every fifth story just simply being false. Uh, you also work on their human vulnerabilities to recruit them in a classic sense, to make them your agent, so that you can control what they do. So you don't have to set them up sort of, you know, by, by putting one over on them. So you can say, "Here, plant this one next Tuesday." Can you do this with responsible reporters? Yes, the church committee brought it out in 1975, and then Woodward and Bernstein put an article in Rolling Stone a couple of years later, uh, 400 journalists cooperating with the CIA, uh, including some of the biggest names in the business, Mm -hmm. to consciously introduce the
0: stories into the press. Uh, There is actually... uh, I
1: bet Peter Jennings was one of them.
0: Probably, probably. The Operation Mockingbird of the United States of America was filled with uh, uh, ties uh, between the CIA and and the various news anchors, uh, directors, uh, and, and so and so on. So here we are though with an interview that actually inspired the Snowden. Uh, very much in fact uh, i think he mentions this interview at one point uh, edward snowden so uh, let's go and check it out Uh, this is uh, I mean uh, an interview with a guy uh, who uh, it's 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 it's, i find i find it very interesting i mean i don't know if you will find it very interesting it's called frank snip the one we just saw was the interview I think done in the same year, by the way, with journalist Clint Roberts in 1983 at the University of Southern California with uh, John Stockwell. You just saw this interview. He said the next interview is with Frank Snip, who uh, discusses also planting stories in major newspapers. He was particularly active during the Vietnam War. And uh, Edward Snowden said, the most important video of the year was filmed in 1983. (laughs) This is what he (laughs) said. Also, Glenn Greenwald, who uh, is a great journalist, said, please watch this detailed explanation from former CIA analyst Frank Snipp about how newspapers and magazines you were taught to regard as mainstream and reliable, have always eagerly served as disinformation megaphones for the CA and the US security s- uh, state. That's still true. And Christy, um, read this part here.
1: Frank Snap arrived in Vietnam in 1969 and stayed until he was evacuated
0: as, as Saigon. Saigon fell
1: in 1975. He he spent a good deal of time working with the press while there, while there, and developed the ability to plant stories in major media outlets like the New York Times, the New York New Yorker, the L.A. Times, Chicago Daily News, and others that supported the CIA's goals. I am, as an ex-CIA agent, opposed to the disinformation activities in which I was involved. I admit that I was involved, and I think it served no useful purpose. Propaganda. Can you say American
0: public or Congress is not the CA job? Uh, End of quote. This was the quote, the last uh, three lines were uh, a quote by Frank Snip. Let's go and check out this interview, which I will find uh, I mean, I find particularly illuminating in this topic, which is, of course, not really discussed as much, even by alternative media, because everybody's scared. Scared of the fact that lurking behind every journalist, even in the so called alternative media, there is probably
1: an uh, alternative media
0: in Operation Mockingbird. I don't think uh, they uh, gave much. We see
1: you, we see you. We well, know who you are. Uh,
0: we don't know. I mean, uh,
1: I know. of course,
0: uh, who might be part of it or who is not part of it, but. Uh, Uh, Let's check out former CIA officer Frank Snipp discussing planting stories back in the Vietnam war days. Frank, I think a good many of us have the the impression that the
7: CIA operates completely under cover, that you're you're all spooks, as they say, or they used to say, out in the Pacific. uh, Do you have a high profile or do people know what you do
8: for a living? Surely, in Saigon uh, I had various covers. I was a State Department officer. I was a military officer at one time. But uh, everybody I dealt with, agents, journalists, knew that I worked for the CIA. It is the agent who works under very deep cover, under unofficial cover, as a businessman, as a journalist. Now, he's the one uh, who is not identifiable. and whom nobody else uh, would, would identify with the agency. What years were you there? I got there in 1969, just as uh, Vietnamization was getting underway, and I uh, left with the last CIA contingent on the, uh, uh, the, the roof of the American Embassy when uh, the North Vietnamese were moving on the city in 1975. I was there through the latter stages of the war. Did you go out on that helicopter
7: in the, in the famous pictures we saw?
8: Uh, well, one of the CIA them. helicopter was uh, the one that uh, forms that, that famous uh, photograph, but I wasn't on that one. Mm-hmm.
7: You uh, you briefed the press, did you not,
8: when you were there? Well, I had several jobs. One of my jobs was that of analysts. Uh, I also was an interrogator and indeed briefed the press when we, the CIA, wanted to uh, circulate disinformation on a particular issue. Disinformation is not necessarily uh, not necessarily a lie. It may be a half-truth. And uh, we would pick out a journalist. I would go do the briefing and uh, hope that he would put the information in print.
7: What was your percentage of success?
8: We were pretty successful in planning uh, information of a rather rarefied nature. For instance, if we wanted to get Uh, across to the American public that the North Vietnamese were building up their force structure in South Vietnam. I would go to a journalist and advise him that in the past uh, six months X number of North Vietnamese forces had come down the Ho Chi Minh trail system through southern Laos. Now there is no way a journalist can check that information. Uh, That's data derived from uh, uh, radio intercepts, uh, spy in the uh, sky photography, so either he goes with the information or he doesn't and ordinarily or usually the journalists would go with it because it was, it looked like some kind of exclusive and um, I would say our percentage uh, planning that kind of data was 70 to 80 percent.
7: Can you recall the names of any of the uh, correspondents you used in that manner?
8: used as a loaded term, the correspondents we targeted were those who had terrific influence, the most uh, respected journalists in Saigon, like Robert Chaplin of the New Yorker magazine, Kai's Beach uh, of the Los Angeles Times from time to time, and also he worked for the Chicago Daily News, Uh, Bud Merrick of US News and World Report, uh, Malcolm Brown of the New York Times, and even Maynard Parker of Newsweek magazine, uh, we would uh, go after these gentlemen. Uh, I would uh, be directed to cultivate them, to spend time with them at uh, the Caravelle Hotel or the Continental Hotel, to socialize with them, and, and slowly but surely to try to gain their confidence by dolloping out uh, valid information, information which was true. And then I would drop in uh, into a conversation the data that we wanted to get across, which might not be true. Uh, One piece of data, for instance, uh, that uh, we managed to plant in the New Yorker magazine had to do with uh, a supposed North Vietnamese effort in 1973 to develop airfields along the border of South Vietnam. The reason we wanted to plant this information was that uh, we were trying to persuade the US Congress that Saigon should uh, be continued to should continue to get a great deal of aid, uh, and that uh, the North Vietnamese were the chief violators of the ceasefire accord. That was printed in uh, uh, the New Yorker magazine under the byline of Robert Chaplin, as indeed was a great deal of such information which uh, which we trying to circulate. Uh,
7: considering that you knew the amount of disinformation, or most of it, that was being fed to the correspondence, what do you think or what did you think of the quality of reporting that came out of Vietnam?
8: Reporting from correspondents who were operating independently of the agency who did not rely on agency sources uh, was very good. Uh, I cite in particular Peter Arnett. I remember after the fall of Saigon one of my jobs was to query journalists who'd stayed in Vietnam after the collapse and as they came out I was to get in touch with them and try to persuade them to report on what they'd seen. This was not a disinformation job. It was an intelligence collection uh, operation. I contacted Peter Arnett at Associated Press headquarters and I said, Mr. Arnett, I'm Frank Snap from the American Embassy. Could you tell me what you saw? And there was a silence on the line and he said, uh, you can read about it in my Associated uh, Press dispatch. Uh, he was one of the few journalists who turned me down, however. There were a great many others who were willing to trade their information for information I might have, which uh, uh, was uh, a frequent transaction in Vietnam.
7: Any other uh, reporters you can remember who refused to have anything to do with the CIA? Can you name them?
8: Well, there were there were lots of young reporters uh, who didn't want to deal with the agency because, uh, Uh, they were very suspicious. Many of them had come out of the anti-war movement in the United States and uh, had a natural disinclination to to trust any official agency. Uh, Offhand the names escaped me because again we weren't interested in going after the reporter for Ramparts magazine. We were interested in targeting those reporters who could get their material in the New York Times, the Los Angeles Times, and so forth. And um, once again I want to make it perfectly uh, clear that we were not hiring these reporters. They were not operating as our spies or as our dupes. But in a war situation, when there are so few sources of information, uh, a reporter may rely on a CIA contact and he becomes vulnerable. In Saigon, if I planted a piece of information with a reporter, I would ordinarily then try to create an environment in which he could not check the information. I would go to the British ambassador and brief him on the disinformation I had just given the reporter. So when the reporter wanted to cross-check what I'd told him with, uh, say, the British ambassador, New Zealand ambassador, or what have you, he would get false confirmation, the same message coming back at him. He'd say, aha, I've got proof that Frank Snep told me the truth, when in fact what he'd gotten was simply an echo of what uh, I'd given him in the first place via The British ambassador, or other of our friendly diplomatic contacts.
7: Frank, a a two-part question. What, What were the objectives of the, or what was the objective of the CIA? What about the moral implications of what you were doing in feeding this information? Did
8: the objective override the moral implications, moral problems? Well, the objective of the agency in general is to generate intelligence and get it back to Washington, to, to get at the truth and make sure the policymakers understand it. When you pla- plant disinformation, you are diverging from that objective, and I think probably in retrospect, it was uh, very counterproductive. I am, as an ex-CI agent, uh, opposed to the disinformation activities uh, in which I was involved. I admit that I was involved, and I think it uh, serve no useful purpose. Uh, propagandizing the American uh, public or Congress is not the CIA's job. Uh, as to the morality of what the CIA was doing or that particular uh, activity, uh, the war was a very relative thing. It was a relativist environment and uh, morality seldom came into
0: morality way, seldom came into question <laughs>
8: when uh, you were operating in the field uh, in my estimation a cia man should be amoral uh, that may sound pretty shocking to somebody but what a CIA
0: if- man should be amoral it's like being asexual i don't know what does it mean amoral a my
8: morality were that of a the moral.
9: Nazi 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 no, it's different. No, it's just
0: Bruce. a model. <laughs> to be your hey Bruce, what does amoral mean? <laughs> the morals moral without any, no good, no bad, just kind of a, 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 a beige. Just beige, uh, yeah, beige.
8: Keep the truth in and stay away from disinformation. Well, What was the primary purpose
7: of the CIA as you viewed it? Was it an an intelligence gathering
8: agency, or was it an agency that was primarily involved in covert operations? They were both uh, part of the CIA's mandate in Vietnam, and the agency performed um, covert action, covert operations, very well when the operations were held to a limited size and were of uh, limited objective. When they got big like the phoenix program they got out of hand
0: well uh, a lot of things got out of hand in the ca Uh, so here we are uh, discussing a little bit the relation between uh, you see between the ca and journalism a very direct relation of course this relation eventually was exposed starting from the 70s but there is a case in particular which I would like to discuss today because uh, I I mean of course we, we saw what uh, what Putin said about Aga Carson and and I would like to show it once again because I think people need to address this part of the interview
2: With the backing of CIA, of course. The organization you wanted to join back in the day, as I understand. We should thank God they didn't let you in. Although it is a serious organization.
0: (laughs) Thank God they didn't let you in. That's why he was given the possibility of interviewing Vladimir Putin. You think if he was a CIA agent, they would let him inside the the Kremlin? I mean, guys, you have to understand, I mean, The fact that uh, a CIA agent could enter the Kremlin, see, especially today, all the soft spots, everything, uh, bring in maybe a hidden camera, film, uh, the security of the whole place. Um, So definitely Tucker is somebody who is not uh, a CA agent. We don't think he is. I mean,
1: yeah, I don't think
0: so. Ah, so now you came to the conclusion. I never
1: was... really thought that. It was just a just a thought, an, afterthought. You know, an
0: afterthought. Okay. I come
1: out with these but things, and he,
0: then I but Tucker's father was a CA agent. That's almost for sure, guys. And I tell you why. Let's check out the character. Dick Carson. Dick Carson was the director of The Voice of America which is basically a guy, oh, yeah. I, mean, totally I mean, I mean, come America's on, guys. Totally. If this guy is not a sea agent and, and not only totally a sea agent, he was also a Freemason and hanged out with another Freemason who was, of course, President Gerald Ford. Watch him here at the, uh, with Gerald Ford, two Freemasons. Uh, okay, great. So that is, uh, uh, but there is something I wanted to discuss. That, uh, of course, is not uh, related to Tiger Carlson directly, but it's also involving uh, the, the influence of, of the CAA uh, abroad, especially with journalists abroad. Now, the, the guy I'm going to talk to you about has almost been forgotten, but 10 years ago, when he came out with his book in Germany and when he was interviewed by RT, Well, uh, he became a character overnight. I'm talking about a guy called Udo Uflotte. Now, Udo Uflotte died suddenly uh, of a heart attack in 2017 under very suspicious circumstances. He had been a journalist for the Frankfurter Allgemeine Zeitung, one of Germany's leading newspapers, daily newspapers, for several years until 2003. He had been in places like Iraq, Iran, Afghanistan, Saudi Arabia, Oman, United Emirates, Egypt, uh, or Jordan. But his speech also regarding what was happening 10 years ago in Ukraine, well, I mean, when you see what Udo Huckflotte said, and Udo Flote said this because he published a book, he published a book, that uh, was entitled Both Journalists How Politicians, Intelligence Agencies, and High Finance Control Germany's Mass Media. It was published in 2014. According to Flotte DCA and German Intelligence, bribed journalists in Germany to write pro NATO propaganda articles and much more. Now, I think it's important that today, for our show, we uh, give you this, uh, offer you this interview, this very rare interview that he gave back then, which I think will make people really understand the evil manipulation scheme that is built around journalism. It's really evil, guys. Udo Flotte probably was killed because of that. So God bless him and check this out. A
10: list for about 25 years and I was educated to lie to betray and uh, not to tell the truth to the public but seeing right now within the last months how how far um how how the german and american media tries to bring war to the people in europe to bring war to russia uh, this is a point of no return and i i stand i'm going to stand up and say, um, it is not right what I have done in the past uh, to to manipulate people, to make propaganda against Russia, and it is not right what my colleagues do and have done in the past, because they are bribed uh, to betray the people not only in Germany, all over Europe. The reason writing this book was that I, I am very fearful of a new war in Europe, and I don't like to have this situation again. I mean, he because- was
0: prophetic here. Here, he was prophetic. Young.
1: And he's young. Yeah. And there's no reason for him to die. Yeah,
0: but he was too prophetic. And uh, remember that uh, we're talking about Germany. Germany is the place where the North Stream was blown up. No questions asked. Uh, the other day, basically, uh, we had this ridiculous show in front of the German Chancellor by Joe Biden. Is so huh yeah thank you for having
10: me and uh, for having the chance to continue our conversations we have continuously all the time and yes Germany and uh, United States have to play a role thank you all very much don't
0: <laughs> answer the questions is there feeling with that note uh, Let's go back to to this great journalist who gave his life.
10: Uh, war is not, never coming from itself. There is always people behind it to push for war. And this is not only politicians, this is journalists This interview
0: was uh, made, at least that I can remember, 10 years ago, and I think it was broadcast uh, on RT, uh so 10 years ago this interview has exactly 10 years and uh, I just have written
10: in the book how we have betrayed in the past our um our readers just to push for war and uh b- because I don't want this anymore I'm fed up with this propaganda we live in yeah, so
0: and you see how they murdered him so they can do their bloody war mm-hmm so welcome to the leo Zagami show guys we need your support so we can carry on this show Uh, of course if people want to know more about uh, this war one of the best books to read is this one and i'm not uh, just making this up this is uh, the only book that has uh, the whole thing about how ukrainian identity was created by the illuminati how this war basically—it's—it's—it's—it's uh, it's, it's, it's a diabolical war. christine yes, you are like, where am I? Okay, so here, chapter two for those who have this book, very important. Secret societies, Mason and is behind the Ukrainian war, and let's keep on listening to this great interview. Our republic. And not in a
10: democratic country where we have press freedom, where we have human rights. Uh, when we, if, if you see the German media, especially my colleagues who day by day write against the Russians, who are in transatlantic organizations and who are supported by the United States to do so, well. M- People like me—I I, got—I I became honorary citizen of the state of Oklahoma in the United States. Just why? Just because I write pro-American. I wrote pro-American. Uh, I was supported by the Central Intelligence Agency, by the CIA. Why? Because I should be pro-American. I, I'm fed up with it. I don't want to do it anymore. And so. I, I've just written a book not to earn money, no, it will cause a lot of trouble for me just to to give the people in this country, in Germany, in Europe and all over the world to, just to give them a glimpse of a view what goes up behind the closed doors. Yes, uh, there there is many examples for that. We, If we go just back to history, if you go into the year 1988, if you go to your archives, you will find in March 1988 there, there was um, um, uh, in, in Iraq in uh, um, in Iraq the Kurdish people have been have been gassed with poisoned gas that is known all over the world. But in July 1988, they sent me to a town called Zubaydat, that is uh, on on the Iraqi Iranian border. There was war. It was war between the Iranians and the Iraqis, and I was sent there to photograph how. The Iranians have been gassed with poisoned gas, with German poisoned gas. You call it lost and zareen, mustard gas, made by Germany. They have been gassed and I was there to make photographs how these people have been killed by poisoned gas from Germany. When I came back to Germany, there was just one small photo in a newspaper, in the Frankfurter Allgemeine, and there was one small article not writing how impressive, brutally, how unhuman, how ter- terrible it was to kill uh, half, to kill decades after the end of the Second World War, people with German poisoned gas. So this was a situation I, I feel misused uh, for, for, for having been there and just to give a documentary what has been done, but not been allowed to cry out uh, to the world what we have done uh, behind closed doors. Up to today it's not well known in the public that with German public gas there have been hundreds or thousands of people gassed in this city of Zubaydah. Now you ask what have I done for intelligence agencies? So, Please see most of the journalists you see in foreign countries they claim to be journalists and uh, they, are, they might be journalists European or American journalists but uh, m- m- many of them, like me in the past, are so-called non-official cover. That's w- what the Americans call that. I have been a non-official cover. Non-official cover means what? It means you, you too work for an intelligence agency. You help them if they want you to help them, but they will never, never, when you are locked, or uh, when they find when they find out that you are not only a journalist but a spy too, um, they will never say, "Oh, this was one of our guys." They will not know you. That means non-official cover. So uh, I have helped them in several situations, and uh, I feel ashamed for that too now. Uh, like I feel ashamed that I have worked for a uh, very recommended newspaper like the Frankfurter Allgemeine because I was bribed by billionaires, I was bribed by the Americans uh, not to report exactly the truth but uh, I, I just imagined on in my car while I was driving to this interview, I, I just tried to work out in my brain what would have happened if I would have written a pro-Russian article in the Frankfurter Allgemeine. Well, I don't know what would have happened, but uh, we were all educated to write pro-European, pro-American, but please, not pro-Russian. So I'm very sorry for that, but this is not what I understand uh, for uh, democracy and for press freedom. I'm very sorry for that. Well, uh, German, Yes, I understand your question very well. Germany is still a kind of a colony of the United States. Uh, You'll see that in many points, like the majority of the Germans don't want to have nukes uh, in our country, but we still have American nukes. So we we are still a kind of a colony of the Americans. And being a colony, it is very easy to approach uh, young journalists uh, through, uh, what is very important here, is transatlantic organizations. All journalists from really respected and recommended big German newspapers, magazines, radio stations, TV stations, they are all members uh, or guests of those big transatlantic organizations. And there, in in these transatlantic organizations, you are approached to be pro-American and there is nobody coming to you and saying, "Well, we are the Central Intelligence Agency. Would you like to work for us?" No, This is not the case how it happens. What they do, these transatlantic organizations, is uh, they invite you, they invite you for seeing the United States. Uh, they pay for that. They pay all your expenses and everything. So uh, you are bribed, you get more and more corrupt. Because uh, they, they make you good contacts. You won't know that those good contacts are, let's say, non-official, non-official uh, covers or officially people working for Central Intelligence Agency or other American agencies. So you make friends, you think they are friends and you cooperate with them. They, tr- they ask you, well, could you do me this favor, could you do me that favor? And uh, so your brain more and more is brainwashed through these guys. And uh, your question was, is this only the case with German journalists? No, I think it is uh, especially the case with British journalists, because they have a much closer relationship. It is especially the case uh, with Israelis, of course, with French journalists for a part. Not that big as with German or with uh, 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 um, a British journalists. Uh, it is the case for Australian, Journalists for, for journalists from New Zealand, from Taiwan, from, well, there is, there is many countries, countries in the Arab world, like Jordan, for example, uh, like Oman, the Sultanate of Oman. Well, there is many countries where this happens, where you, where you find people to, um, to claim they are respected journalists, but if you look behind them, you'll find uh, they are puppets on a string of the Central Intelligence Agency. I'm sorry in interrupting you. I'll give you one example um, some, sometimes the intelligence agencies they come to your office and want you to write an article I, I I give you an example not from strange other journalists from me myself. I've just forgotten the year. I just remember that uh, the German foreign intelligence bundesnachrichtendienst it is just uh, um, a sister organization of the Central Intelligence Agency. It was founded by the American Intelligence Agency. So one, one day uh, the BND, this German Foreign Intelligence Agency, came to my office at the Frankfurter Allgemeine in Frankfurt. And they wanted me to write an article about Libya and about uh, Colonel Muammar Gaddafi. I, I had absolutely no secret informations Uh, regarding Colonel Muammar Gaddafi and Libya. But they gave me all these secret informations and uh, they just wanted me to write, to to sign the article with my name. I did that, uh, but it was an article uh, that was published in the Frankfurter uh, Allgemeine that originally came from the uh, Bundesnachrichtendienst, from the German foreign intelligence agency. So do you really think that this is journalism, intelligence agencies writing articles? Oh yes, that article, uh, I, I, I have um, reprinted it partly in, in my book, that article was uh, how Libya and Colonel Muammar Gaddafi uh, how he secretly tried to build a poison gas factory, I think Interruptor was the name, yeah. And I got all those informations. It, it was a story that was printed worldwide uh, two days later. But it, it, I had no information on that. It was the intelligence agency that wanted me to write this article. So, But this is not the way journalism should work, that intelligence agencies, that they decide what is printed and what not. If I say no, I give you an example from uh, <laughs> a very good example. If you say no, well, we have um, a rescue unit in Germany with helicopters for traffic accidents. Uh, it's called uh, they, they call themselves the Yellow Angels. There was one guy who um, who didn't want to cooperate. He was a pilot of the helicopter service of the Yellow Angels in Germany. This guy said no to the Foreign Intelligence Service, Bundesnachrichtendienst, when they approached him and wanted him as a non-official cover to work for uh, the German Foreign Intelligence Agency, under, uh, just to pretend to be somebody from uh, the Yellow Angels. So what, what, what happened was that he lost his job. And the court in Germany, they, the, uh, the judge decided that they were right because the, uh, such a guy could not be trusted. He was kicked off his job because he didn't cooperate with uh, the foreign intelligence service. So uh, I knew what, what happened if I would not cooperate with intelligence services. Well, well, I have had uh, let me say six times my house. Was house searched because I was accused by the public prosecutor, the German public prosecutor. I was accused of leaking, state sec- leaking secrets of states six times. House searched. Uh, well, they, they they hoped that I wouldn't do that ever again, but uh, I, I think it's it's worse that uh, the truth will come out one day. The truth won't die, and. Uh, I don't mind what will happen. I've had three heart attacks. I have no children. So if they want to bring me to court or to prison, so it's worse. Well, three heart attacks.
0: So maybe you got the last heart attack courtesy of the Central Intelligence Agency. We don't know, of course. But what we know is that there is, at the moment, two U.S. journalists that are, of course, also in Russia. And they are there because uh, they are accused of espionage. Uh, the links between the murky world of uh, uh, of espionage and journalism seems to uh, seems to be a reality, not fiction. Uh, and the revelations that this guy did uh, at the time were edited for you today, and I think they make a great testimony for today's show. Did so
1: the CIA ever approach you? Sorry? Have have the CIA did the CIA well not the CIA. No I com- guess no, no
0: comment. No comment. I would not like to comment at the present time. But uh, uh, I don't think
1: so. No comment. Yes,
0: I don't <laughs> comment.
1: No,
0: no comment. No comment. I think
1: you would have told me.
0: Yeah well uh, I mean uh, it, what,
1: they I, thought I was a CIA. I, I was I they thought I was the CIA. Agent no, no. I, I
0: was offered something by an intelligence agency, not the CIA. Um uh, but uh I refused. Well obviously
1: it. you didn't take it. No, because nobody's <laughs> swimming in cash really.
0: No, 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 of course. It didn't happen. It didn't happen.
1: We have like no viewers, hardly. Today we have a lot. Uh, today really, we have a lot. Have <laughs>
0: and actually, I would like to invite those viewers to contribute so we can bring you more shows. And at the same time, also, I would like to talk about tomorrow's Super Bowl here in the United States because uh, that's another big psychological operation. Of course, we have even Martin Scorsese with a UFO uh, ad uh, that's going to be presented tomorrow. Who? Martin Scorsese did a UFO ad. He, uh, he did? never did anything. Oh, that's going to be cool. Uh, well, it's already out on YouTube with somebody. And then you have uh, the alleged daughter of uh, uh, Zina LaVey, uh, Taylor Swift. Uh, uh, we have everything about how figures in the music business like Taylor Swift are created in Volume 8.
1: She's Miss Americana, guys.
0: That's what they say, yeah. That's what they say. That's what they say. So
1: I don't know. I'm I not a Swifty, so
0: definitely, 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 <laughs> no Swifties around here. That's for sure. That's I actually, for sure.
1: I've never heard her music before. I don't listen to anything
0: current. No, I'm still stuck no. in the '80s, yes. '70s. Yeah, I guess it's, it's much better. It's much yeah, better. Yeah,
1: stuck myself so, there.
0: So you you see how since the early days of the Cold War. Efforts have been made by the United States government to use journalists, use the mass media to influence public opinion. And this, of course, also has a big psyop, of a big psychological operation because psychological warfare is central to, uh, to, to the art of war. Uh, I mean, so it's very important. There's various techniques that are adopted and, and journalists know that, know how to create emotions, how to, to create a certain kind of behavior. I mean, journalists have a big responsibility. And at times they are uh, sadly on the payroll of somebody. And uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's sad to see that you can be manipulated so much. You know? and, and and of course, it's it's all about manipulation. Today, though, I must say one thing, guys. I want to compliment Donald J. Trump because in we South have- Carolina. I
5: don't frankly have time for
4: total political correctness, and this country <laughs> doesn't have time
0: either. That's true, that's true. Uh, yes, he did a great job in this uh, in this uh, talk. He had a speech uh, uh, in South Carolina, in Carson, uh, in one of his rallies. Uh, at one point, uh, at the end, the last 20 minutes, he put on this music in which he kind of went on. A, I think probably he had a screen there also with the images. I mean, he was in great, great form. He was uh, really... Uh, a mix between a politician and a showman and and much more I and an uh, yes yes probably <laughs> donald j trump definitely has all our support mm-hmm. and the uh, Zagami has been saying that he is the candidate who will win 2024 from october 2020 when all these q1 on idiots and stuff were like kind of oh no he will still be president and all this disinformation of course led to the of january trap one good thing about uh, about the trump presidency he will pardon everybody today call them heroes and martyrs the people who are current host current hostages of the u.s authorities because of political reasons there's no uh, there was no real threat by these people on the 6th of January. So um, it, it's sad to see that they are still suffering in prison. It's sad also, like Trump today pointed out, he needs to bring back democracy, he needs to bring back the, 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 the possibility for people to really believe in this two-party system, because at the moment we have one party, which is not only I mean, uh, using the media and, of course, uh, They have complete control over the media also, thanks to the fact that they control the CA, they control the FBI, they control basically all the federal institutions which have been weaponized against the political enemies. This is leading to... That would be us. Yes, yes. So this is unprecedented and it's also very dangerous and so it is it is important that we correct this all together and so i will urge you if you have time to go and see donald j trump speech today in south carolina it was one of his best performances to date, and he looked also very good so oh, i mean uh, it, it was uh, it was an invitation also to come out and vote and, uh, of course, uh, she, he didn't even call, I think, Nikki Haley by name. Uh, I think he, co- he called her brain dead or something. Bird <laughs> brain? Uh, Nikki Haley. Uh, brain bird, dead. bird
1: brain. That's no, no. Ni- no,
0: no, brain dead. Directly brain oh, dead. brain dead. <laughs> because
1: it's also bird brain. Or did he call...
0: He called
1: Kaylee. a bird? Bird
0: brain too, but she was
1: acting like a bird brain. Cool. McKenney? Yeah, I like her though.
0: Well, but I mean, but maybe she's a CIA. But I mean, yeah, I mean, the way that she acted. She acted at, not, not very good. Not very good. Um, today we had uh, in LA, um, just this, this is quite funny. A cannabis uh, factory, they called it, a uh, cannabis probably cultivation center went in flames
9: <laughs> and
0: i mean the smoke that came out of it made uh, of oh, course made uh, m- i guess that uh, the firefighters enjoyed their time uh, <laughs> it was oh, so yes. <laughs> they
1: have them coming out
0: <laughs> check this out
11: at 117 this morning our lafd firefighters were dispatched to a major emergency structure fire in south la upon arrival they found a well-involved one-story commercial with heavy fire showing through the roof our firefighters initiated an aggressive uh, fire attack using forcible entry and hand lines making an interior fire attack approximately 10 minutes into the fire the structure became compromised with the fire through the roof and our firefighters end up backing out of the fire. So we had a total of 113 firefighters on scene. We had a knockdown of this fire.
0: In Doesn't he look stoned? Come on, he looks a little bit stoned. The firefighter looks stoned.
11: 75 minutes. After knockdown of the fire, doing a search and rescue inside this building, unfortunately-
0: I guess there was some kind of rescue going on. We there.
11: have located one victim inside and we're still doing a search to see if there's any more victims so at this time we have one confirmed
0: fatality oh so there's been a fatality said about that i mean you know it's a fatality but let's see what's up oh well it looks like
1: uh... i think they got a bag of chips now from the Seven <laughs> Eleven
0: i wish there wasn't a fatality because it kind of ruined uh, the the, you know
11: this was vacant but this uh this doesn't appear to be a cannabis grow operation the cause is under investigation and we do have uh investigators on scene right now
0: okay 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 uh save the edibles where somebody might (laughs) in any case uh, the leo zagavi show moves on because uh, after the interview with uh, with Putin by Tucker Carlson, that idiot of Boris Johnson, who was of course accused of of of, of having sabotaged the, the the initial peace treaty that Putin wanted to work or out that. with uh, with Ukraine, well, check out uh, what uh, Boris said. People are watching that ludicrous interview. Vladimir
12: Putin conducted by Tucker Carlson, and we must not fall for
0: this tissue of lies above all. This is the guy who, to get initiated into the Illuminati, put his dick inside the pig uh, pig face that was chopped from the body of a pig, and, and the initiation consists in putting your… How do you know that? Because it's written. Everybody knows. Uh, you can go on Google and search for uh, in his boys club. Uh, You you get initiated by putting your dick inside the mouth of a dead pig. For the notion that Putin is somehow fated to succeed in Ukraine, on the contrary, he is doomed to fail. Read about it in the Daily Mail. Yeah, sure, read about the Daily Mail. Another another intelligence tool. This this time of the MI6, these people are really, I mean something else guys something else Um, there was an event which uh, i mean nobody really talked about in this country fortunately uh, we would like to show you just some images because it's impossible to show you the video for copyright reason but uh, basically what happened was that uh, John Travolta was invited oh, yeah. in Italy and for a million dollars ended up dancing the most demented ballo del quaqua song.
1: It's
0: like I mean, he went from stay from Fever to then Pulp Fiction, ending with the ballo del Qua poor John Travolta, I mean, I know that they gave him a lot of money. Actually, apparently, the day after he did this dance, uh, idiotic dance at this Italian idiotic uh, uh, singing festival, uh, he, he didn't give permission for rebroadcast of the whole thing. So here we go. John Travolta, I mean, probably they gave him a lot of money, uh, but... Uh,
1: if they can't broadcast it, I wonder if he has to give the money back. No, well, no,
0: no. He broadcast it once, but you can't rebroadcast it. So. Oh, okay. He will he forbid anybody from uh rebroadcasting it. It wasn't
1: that bad. I mean, it was a little it was cute.
0: Huh? I thought it was
1: cute. It's just funny. Like, yeah, but I mean, what? come on, man. Come on,
0: does. come on. Whatever.
1: I mean, Trump yeah. would do the chicken dance.
0: Uh, no, I and mean, not, he's a, not chick- a
1: president.
0: It's not a chicken, it's a duck dance.
1: What's the difference? Well, <laughs> chicken and duck. I, mean, duck. We, I thought it was a chicken dance. Uh,
0: uh, okay, so uh, was this was the week in which Biden, I mean, when we talk about journalism, uh, this was the moment in oh which, uh, basically, Joe Biden was under uh, what the fire squad, the journalists who destroyed him and made him that do the worst sick. possible. He had, uh, he had a bad, bad day. Hey, buddy. Of course like Trump said today there is is a, a two tier system here justice system in this country so he didn't get uh, condemned for uh, uh, retaining classified information even fraud behind his corvette and stuff but but the guy who investigated though mm, commented on his mental health uh, meaning uh, his senile uh, uh, self, because the guy is completely sent. Now, we all knew that. It's not a novelty. But, of course, uh, he was sent to save his reputation. And he made it even worse, because he started to, 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 to do things like, I mean, and then the epitome was when uh, he said that al was the president of Mexico. He, he basically said, Al-Sisi, you uh, know, to, I told them to open the gates, to let them in. Yes, you ask uh, yeah, in fact, you are letting in a lot of people at the Mexico border. Yeah, I know. That's maybe, 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 maybe that—that was what he was thinking.
7: The evidence said I did not willfully retain these documents, and they decided not to move forward for any extraneous commentary. They don't know what they're talking about.
11: President Biden, something the special counsel said in his report is that one of the reasons you were not charged is because in his description you are a well-meaning elderly man with a
0: poor memory
7: i'm well-meaning and i'm an elderly man and i know what the hell i'm doing i've been president and i put this country back on his feet
0: <laughs> he destroyed this guy but he, dis- he destroyed the camp <sighs> amazing
1: how somebody can destroy a country and then years. say he put
0: back the country on his knees i oh, don't know i mean it's a a. Uh... But even with all the help of the media and everything else, he hasn't managed to convince America about the fact that he's an old fart and that he should not so be what? in that position. Who
1: are they going to put? Don't say that. Who,
0: Michelle Tubals, Michelle Obama Tubals, Michelle? <laughs> Here we have basically the, the prophecy of Nigel Farage.
12: Well, it's cruel on us. Two, I mean, the man's got senile dementia. I've been saying that for some months. Oh, don't be so beastly, Nigel. No, he's got senile dementia. Uh, he's not just the leader of America. He's a leader of the free world. Uh, and under his tenure, many of these awful things around the world have happened. Doesn't mean it's all his fault, but he is clearly totally incapable of the job. And I don't agree with you, Stephen. I don't think it will be a Trump-Biden runoff. I think they'll ditch him before the democrat convention takes place in july i think he's just too embarrassing his personal approval ratings are falling and falling and falling they're down in the mid-30s and that in america is a sort of historic lows no i think they'll get rid of him and i think what was interesting about yesterday was a lot of the more liberal media have turned a blind eye to his mental deficiencies uh, now uh, they're all looking at it and i mean what do you think about it to hold a press conference to say, "Hey guys, my mind is fine," and then to confuse who the president of Mexico is with Egypt in this very same week, you've talked about President Mitterrand being still in charge of France when he died in 1996. Uh, I, I mean, look, the whole—literally every single day now, there is something that happens that is literally cringe-making. So, no, I think they've got to get rid of it.
1: And you think they'll get rid of him for almost anyone or do you have,
9: is there a front-runner name that you can predict now?
12: Well, clearly the sort of good-looking, charming uh, Democrat is Gavin Newsom, who was the governor of California. Uh, Very articulate, uh, you know, would play well on the media. His problem, of course, is that under his tenure, um, California has had some catastrophic problems. Uh, And it would be difficult for him to shake that off. There's nobody else obvious other than, you know, the real outsider that keeps being talked about. Now, whether we take this seriously or not, I don't know. But Michelle Obama's name keeps being raised. Uh, Now, I just don't know. I would have thought that, you know, after all those years in the White House and living under that pressure, and given that Barack is now like David Attenborough, of America doing wildlife programs and incredibly popular. You know, why the hell would you want to give it all up? But but but, but that is the one that's constantly being rumored.
0: And uh, yes, that, that is the name that uh, has been, uh, because you see, Gavin Newsom knows that he will lose with uh, Donald J. Trump. So he doesn't want to participate in this race. People are talking about Newsom, Newsom, News, But Newsom knows, he's, he's more, uh, I mean, he might, and he's you know, huh? he and he's friends with Newsom. Yeah, and I that's mean, that's weird. That's weird, but, oh, but because of course of the ex-wife. I know, of Newsom, but it's so uh, weird. It's
1: not like uh, Newsom's but this great New, Newsom,
0: yeah, Newsom. Uh, he's he, he might be an idiot, but he's not completely insane. He knows that he can't run against Trump now in 2024 and win. So he says, why wasting my, my, my spendability? That means that in four years he can't present himself. So he's waiting. Newsom is a little bit more insidious. Michelle, in theory, like Nigel said, uh, probably wants to stay back. You know, they have all this success doing other things. But at the same time, she, she has been present and saying that she's outraged about this and she's very scared about Trump's America and, and all that BS. Um, so Michelle might be the candidate that might be sent to slaughter because any candidate from the Democratic Party will be slaughtered politically. Okay, uh, what about RFK? By,
1: do you think that
0: he stands chance? R F K doesn't stand a chance. No, he's though. an independent. No, he's, a, he's not the candidate with the Democrats. He's an independent. But he went the out. Democrats might
1: uh, vote for him instead of voting for no one? Because they probably uh, won't vote. He doesn't.
0: Vote. Yeah, but they don't have the system in America is built with everything the primaries, that representatives, and. The independent will not. I mean, I'm quite surprised that 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 Trump has not announced yet the vice president, because uh, let's remember that he has tried to reach out to Kennedy and apparently Kennedy has refused. But if he's not refusing, he might become the vice president. eh? That's possible. We'll get a completely different electorate for Donald J. Trump. I don't want that. I mean, it's possible. Why can't somebody else
1: be vice president? There's so many good people in this Well, as long as
0: it's not Kamala Harris, guys. As as long as it's not Kamala Harris. Um, There's
1: more people than that.
0: Trump said that he's ready to debate Biden. Look at his reaction. Here we have the Biden reaction.
11: Oh, Sir, Donald here.
1: Thompson
11: is no, no, no. ready to debate right now. Do you accept? He's going to it on radio.
7: Okay. What say says. He want to you immediately. Immediately?
9: Yes. Mm-hmm. Will you debate why, him? i him, want to
0: debate me too. Do-ba-do-ba-do-ba-do Ba-do-ba-do-ba-do Ba-do-ba-do do ba He's always giving guys name of old stuff or uh, shakes uh, because uh, by doing a little bit, of, by having a little bit of brain freeze, apparently it gets your dementia down. So it, it becomes less dementia with all this stuff. Journalists know that Biden is on his way out, and that's why it's, it's sad you know, in a way to see that it's all kind of
1: for them.
0: It's so crafted. They it. in, in, no, for Biden deserves it, of course. Uh, and, But he's no longer himself. You can see the guy is completely out of it. But thank you very much for following us, guys. Today we had a lot of people viewing us on uh, Facebook, YouTube, later on on band.video. Share, of course, our news. We will be back next week. Journalism and the CA, you see, are very much uh, connected. eh? Mm. It's sad to see that there is no real... Journalism it's very rare and it's getting even rarer. And then, now that we, uh, we have the artificial intelligence involvement in it, it's gonna be even, even worse. Please support us by purchasing our books. I particularly suggest volume nine and ten. Maybe. And of course, Christy's book, because Christy is participating. Uh, you're doing an interview this week. The, Christy doesn't give too many interviews, uh, she's not like me. So, you're giving an interview this week.
1: Yeah, where my... they can
0: find you for this interview, christine
1: You can find me on this channel because we're gonna rebroadcast it.
0: So ah, okay, okay, so we're it's gonna not live,
1: I guess it's edited. Okay, perfect,
0: but, perfect. Um, it's with
1: my friend Lacey, and I'm gonna be talking about my books and actually talking about um, my 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 spiritual journey with the new age thing and crystals and. Like the experiences I had. The negative. Uh, the negative experience. I don't know if it was going to be a positive show, but I I kind of told her that I don't do that anymore. And mm-hmm. then I said, why don't you read my second book? And then yes. it's all yes. a journey. Yes. So for all of us. So I learned and I hope I can show
0: and other people. Let's thank another time our sponsors. So that uh, Holly
1: and Malga and Bruce. Thank you very and much. And you
0: can become sponsors of a show. Uh, just go on liozagami.com and you will find the link for GoFundMe that you see also on the screen now, but also the link for Cash App. Uh, These are ways uh, for uh, sponsoring us. You can sponsor us of course anonymously or publicly. That's up to you. There is some people who decide to stay anonymous. Mm -hmm. Actually, some uh, really kind donors have decided that in the past. So here we go.
1: Ramble's over there. He's kind of fat, he's sleeping right now. He's fat. Here
0: comes the devil. Oh, here comes the devil.
2: Oh, here comes the devil. Oh, the devil with the devil says I. Shh. Look out for the devil. Look out for the devil.
7: Look out for the devil.
2: Oh, the devil with the devil says I You're so afraid of old man Satan Now why don't you stop your hesitating You're gonna be a long time dead So the devil with the devil says I You're always giving me the dickens Telling me that life's no easy picking But just as long as I have fun Why the devil with the devil says I You can have your social teas And bingo for your fun but the things I like to do, you stop me one by one. Now even if you make me stronger, that ain't gonna make me live no longer. So even if I go to shh the devil with the devil, says I. Look out for the devil, look out
9: for the devil. Hold
2: oh, the devil with the devil, says I.